Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation, it's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler, and today on the podcast, we're going to do something that we haven't done in literally over a year and that's talk some Georgia baseball man it's it's hard to believe it's been a full year but I just checked before I hit the record button because I was like man I feel like it's been a long time but I'm not exactly sure when the last baseball episode that we did was and yeah sure not the last full baseball episode that we recorded was February 10th of last year so it's been a minute but this episode is all about the Diamond Dogs. And I know it's kind of hard to call this a season preview episode when the season has already started, but that's what we're going to do anyway. I had originally planned to get this episode in last week before opening day. That was the plan. But we were able to get Coach Drake Bernstein from the women's tennis program on the show last week. So that took precedent for us and moved this episode back a week. So yeah, I get it. The season's already started, so it's kind of strange to call this a preview episode if the season's actually already started, but it's close enough, right? I guess we'll call it the semi-season preview episode. We'll go with that. And I have to admit, while I'm obviously a Georgia baseball fan, as I am of every single Georgia program out there, but in interest of full disclosure, I don't get out to as many games as I would like to, despite the fact that I do live in Athens. I live like three minutes from fully field. So obviously I would like to make it out to more games than I actually get out to. But the thing is, the baseball games often conflict with Georgia tennis matches. Their seasons overlap. Uh, tennis matches are usually every Friday and Sunday, whether it's the men or the women's program. Sometimes the men and the women are both in Athens at the same time. So we have matches Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the entire weekend is covered by Georgia Tennis. And so again, for me, Georgia Tennis, I know this, I, I'm probably strange. I, I know that's probably not the norm. Most of you guys would go to a, a baseball game before you go to a tennis match, but I personally prefer Georgia Tennis. So I go to those matches before I would go to the baseball game. Plus the tennis matches are free. That always helps too. But regardless, it doesn't matter. I'm fans of both programs and I still follow the baseball program very closely and make it out to as many games as I possibly can, as many games as don't conflict with tennis. But I do want to start by taking a quick, wistful look back at last season. Obviously, obviously, the pandemic has been tragic on so many levels. 
and its impact on Georgia baseball and our 2020 season, that is far, far, far down the list. I am fully aware of that. But but still, man, as far as Georgia baseball goes, this pandemic, like no pandemic ever comes at a good time, clearly. But this pandemic could not have come at a worse time for the Georgia baseball program. If it had to happen, if we had to have this pandemic, why couldn't it have happened back in, oh, I don't know, like let's say 2016 or 2017 when we were terrible, we had losing records those years, and we had no chance to make the insulated tournament. Why couldn't it happen those years? But no, in the most Georgia way possible, of course, this global pandemic that shut the entire world down, it had to happen, just had to happen the same exact year that we have two first-round caliber starting pitchers. We know Emerson Hancock went number six overall to the Seattle Mariners. Cole Wilcox didn't go in the first round. He fell to the third round. But the Major League Baseball draft, some of you follow even closer than I do. It's super weird. You guys know what I'm talking about. And the Padres, even though they drafted Cole in the third round, they thought so much of him and were so determined to have him sign and not go back to school that they gave him a $3.3 million signing bonus to entice him to turn pro, which was actually $2.5 million more than what the pick value was slotted to be for where he was drafted in the third round. It was actually more of a signing bonus than half of the first round draftees got. So yeah, he fell to the third round, but he was clearly viewed by the Padres as a first round caliber type guy. So either way, Hancock and Wilcox were two absolute stud starting pitchers for us. We had two guys. We had two frontline guys last year. So, of course, that's when the pandemic has to hit. In a year where I truly believe we had a college World Series caliber team that was poised to make its first run to Omaha since that run back in 2008, which is painful to even think about, but that run back in 2008 when we went to the College World Series with Gordon Beckham, that whole crew, and we fell one game short, losing the College World Series Finals to Fresno State of all teams. So yes, that's when the world decided it had to shut down and we had this global pandemic. It's just one of those things. It is what it is. And the strength of last year's team was clearly the pitching, particularly, as I said, with Emerson Hancock and Cole Wilcox, particularly the starting pitching. One frontline starter, one of those guys can carry you a long way in college baseball. But when you have two of those dudes, man, that's the kind of year that dreams are made of. But we know it wasn't to be. Uh, the year got cut short the day before we were set to begin conference play against Florida. Just brutal stuff. But that year's behind us. It's gone. There's nothing we can do about it now. No, I guess no use dwelling on it. Hard not to, but we got to move on. And this is a new year, a new start in this 2021 team. I think it has the makings of developing into a pretty good team. Being as objective as I possibly can, I do not think that the potential is as high this year as it was for last year's squad. I don't, we don't have those two frontline starters like we, like we did last year. We have some guys that I think can grow into some really good pitchers at the top of the rotation, but we don't have an Emerson Hancock. We don't have a Cole Wilcox. We don't have one of those guys, let alone two of them right now. And we were actually only picked to finish fifth in the SEC East. I think that's underselling and undervaluing what this team can be a little bit, but I mean, there are some really good baseball teams in this, not only this just conference, but this division. Florida is going to be insanely good this year. They kind of had their transition year over the past year or two. Kind of, kind of like they basically 
Two years ago was their trans- transition year, which I think is the kind of year that we might have this year. And now all those young guys, they're grown up and they're going to be really, really good. Vanderbilt is always really good. It's the one thing that Vanderbilt actually does well besides produce super smart scholarly people. But in terms of athletics, Vanderbilt baseball is about all they got. And they are very good. Got to give, give them credit. Kumar Rocker from North Dakota High School here in Georgia. He is, he's a stud, man. He's going to be, I mean, he's going to be a very high first round draft pick. So they're going to be very good. Tennessee's supposed to be pretty good this year. Then the West, you know, you got a bunch of teams out West that are very good. Obviously, LSU is is a blue blood when it comes to college baseball. You got Ole Miss that's really grown into a really good program. Mississippi State's grown into a really big program. Arkansas, those teams are good. So yeah, I mean, I think we're probably somewhere, I think rating us somewhere in the middle of the pack of the SEC coming to the season is probably fair when you consider what we lost and a lot of the youth that we have coming in. But don't let that fool you. This can absolutely be another NCAA tournament team and maybe a team that has an outside chance to host a regional down the road if they can grow and develop along the way. I don't think we're going to end up being a national seed like we were in both 2018 and 2019 where we had the opportunity to host a regional and a super regional if we could ever find a way to get out of a regional. That would be great to be able to do that once again. But again, while expectations are tempered going into this season, which I think is fair, I think they're fairly tempered going into this season. I still think there is potential for this team to really develop down the road and become a team that can make another NCAA tournament appearance, the the third straight tournament appearance for Scott Strickland after a, a tough start to his tenure. He has really, really turned things around. And, and as I said, this is a different year. This is a different team. Clearly, the strength of last year's team was the starting pitching. And defense. it's really pitching and defense, which has kind of been the case in 2000. 18, 2019, and 2020, more so the past couple years, but pitching and defense have been our strength. And and we basically, we've hit well enough to win games. Timely hitting has some guys that can step up in in big moments. But this year, it's a little bit different. I'm not as confident that the starting pitching is going to be elite, at least not early. Now, the one guy that I think can be that dude, like an elite frontline number one starter is sophomore John Cannon. I'm really excited about him. I was really excited about him coming this season. We didn't see much of him last year, but what we did see of him was very impressive. He had five appearances. I think it was about a little over 11 innings pitched, gave up zero earned runs in those appearances, did not give up a run. Again, didn't see a ton of him, but what I did see of him, I was really impressed with. He's a big dude, six foot six, about 210 pounds out of Centennial High School. But the problem is, he very unfortunately, again, the most Georgia thing possible, he came down with a case of mono a couple of weeks ago um, because of course he did, right? I mean, of course he did. Um, and he's not expected to be cleared for another week or so. It looks like he's on the tail end of, of the case of mono, but it looks like it's going to be another week or so before he's even cleared for any kind of like serious baseball activities. And even then, once you're cleared, I've never had mono, but what I know of mono, people that I know that have had mono, it really takes a lot out of you. It it really weakens you. You really can't do anything physically. You, you can't work out, exercise, that kind of stuff. So it's really tough. So even though he might be cleared in another week or so, I don't know. Who knows how long it'll be until he's like truly back to 100%, back to his old self. And we got to work up his conditioning, all those things. So, I mean, I think best case scenario, maybe, maybe by you know, the beginning of conference play, maybe he'll be close to 100%. But honestly, I'm not expecting him to be 100% ready to go until about mid-season. And maybe that's me being overly pessimistic. But when, you come, when you're talking about mono, I don't know how bad his case of mono was, but mono can be rough. And that stuff can linger for a while. It's just really tough to get your strength back. So yeah, he might be cleared, but is he going to be back to 100% by the start of conference play? I don't know. I hope so. That'd be fantastic. 
We'll see, because he's been out for a little while now with Mono. But once we get him back and he does get to full strength, John Cannon has the makings of being that top line guy. He can push his fastball up into the mid, at times, the, the upper 90s. He's got some good stuff, has some good off-speed stuff to, to match along with it. So I think he can be that guy. We just got to get him to that point. Then senior Ryan Webb, he's expected to be the Saturday starter, which is traditionally the number two starter. He's been in the bullpen for the past couple of years, been a, a valuable long reliever for us. He does have starting experience going back to his freshman year. I think he started five games as a freshman, so he does have that experience. I've always really liked Ryan Webb. I've always, honestly, I felt like he should be in the starting rotation, but it's just, again, it's tough when you've got guys like Emerson Hancock and Tony Losey and Cole Wilcox, and then you got C.J. Smith, who's done some really good things for us as well, but I've always felt that Ryan Webb, if needed, could absolutely fill in as a rotation guy, and he's needed this year. So it looks like he's going to be the Saturday starter. Unfortunately, he's also been dealing with some health issues. He's been out with COVID. It seems like it's possible that he's going to return this weekend, where hopefully he returns this weekend. But with COVID, you're never sure how bad of a case is. People react differently to it. Some people have more severe cases than others. I don't know what the situation is there with him. But I would say at least it's not mono. I think mono would just knock you out more than COVID. I guess it depends on how bad the the COVID case is. But what I understand is that he is expected to hopefully be back this weekend, which would be great. And then rounding out the starting rotation, at least the, the early season starting rotation, is another senior, C.J. Smith, who I mentioned a little bit earlier. He's got a lot of experience. He's kind of been in and out of the starting rotation. He's got a fastball that can touch the mid-90s, got some good off-speed stuff. He's a good athlete out there as well. He used to play center field for us a little bit, and he looks like he's probably going to be the Sunday starter once we get everybody back healthy. He actually started game one on Friday against Evansville. Pitched pretty well in that game, and I think that he can be a guy that can really stabilize the end of the rotation there on Sunday afternoons. And then outside of those three guys who are expected to be the top three pitchers in the rotation, we got a bunch of really talented young arms that I'm really excited about. A guy named Jaden Woods out of Houston County has been getting rave reviews. He got a start over the weekend. I think he's a guy that has a super high ceiling when it comes to what he can do on the mound here in Athens. So really excited to see what he can develop into. Liam Sullivan out of Maris is another guy. I believe he got a start over the weekend as well. 6'6", 230 pounds, a much bigger guy. That can, that can bring the heat. Luke Wagner, I think he started game two. Actually, I think Liam Sullivan, I don't think Liam Sullivan started. I think he was one of those combined starts, but Wagner did start game two. He's a, he's a pitcher from Pennsylvania. Hank Bearden's another guy that I think will likely end up in the bullpen this year, but I think he has a chance to work himself into the starting rotation before his career is all said and done. And Will Pearson is a guy out of North Oconee High School here in Georgia that is going to be working out of the bullpen right now. Uh, got a win. Got a win over the weekend as well, coming in relief. Uh, his dad, actually, by the way, just a little trivial stuff here. His dad used to be one of the assistant coaches on the basketball team under Mark Fox. Was there, was there for a while. But Will stuck it out here in Georgia and is now pitching for our Georgia Bulldogs. So, so I'm really excited for Will. I actually know him pretty well going back a couple of years. And I'm really excited for him to get this opportunity. I know he's been a big Georgia fan for a long time, going back to when his dad was an assistant coach here for the basketball team. So that's great to see Will kind of live out his dream playing for the Georgia Bulldogs. I'm really excited to see what kind of career he has in Athens. And I will certainly be rooting hard for him. And then our closer is going to be a transfer, a transfer from Florida, actually, a guy named Nolan Crisp, who gives you kind of Zach Christofak vibes. He's actually a little bit bigger than Christofak. He's actually 5'9", which, believe it or not, means he's bigger than Christofak. 5'9", had eight saves as a freshman at Florida, which set a Florida freshman record a few years back. So it was really great to get him in there as our closer. I think he's a guy that can really secure 
the end of games for us. So I think there's a really high-end potential for this pitching staff, both starters and the bullpen. Now, you have to understand, guys, again, being objective here, while there is potential, it's just potential until we develop that potential. It might come in flashes early on, and there will undoubtedly be growing pains along the way. Just be ready for that. When you have so many young contributors, and even guys like John Cannon taking on new roles, a guy like Ryan Webb, who's been in the bullpen for a while, has a couple of games of starting experience under his belt, but hasn't been a full-time starter really ever. So young contributors, guys taking on new roles, that that means there's going to be some growing pains. But the potential is there. We just need to develop it as quickly as we possibly can. And Sean Kenny is as good as it gets as a pitching coach at the college level. So I'm sure he'll get those guys ready to go before too long. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. And elsewhere on the team, looking around the rest of the lineup, we have a, a really nice mix of key contributors returning from last year and highly talented newcomers. And let's start with the guy that was actually leading the team in batting average before last season was cut short, and that's Ben Anderson in center field. I think he transferred in from Furman, if I remember correctly, last year. It was his first year with the program. So he hit a team-high 414 for us last year uh, in the non-conference slate. He gives us some speed and consistency at the top of the lineup, which I always think is very important. You want to get that first guy on base, and when he gets on base, you want him to be disruptive and put pressure on the, on the defense, and that's what Ben Anderson gives us. He plays a good, solid defensive center field as well. Riley King is back again this year for his fifth year, guy out of Collins Hill. He, he battled some injuries early in his career, but he's really kind of come on the past couple years. He struggled out of the gate last year, but going back to 2019 when we were a national seed, I think he was our most consistent hitter for most of that season. And right now, he's hitting cleanup. He opened the season in the four hole. He's not your traditional cleanup guy that's going to jack you know, 15, 20 home runs. He's not a Keegan McGovern or a John Cable from recent years. Uh, he's not that kind of guy. He did hit eight home runs in 2019, so he's got a little bit of pop, but don't expect this guy to be putting, you know, 15 plus homers out there. But again, consistency, he can hit for some power, and he's a guy, at least right now, that's kind of been slotted into that, that cleanup spot. The Tate brothers are back out of Oconee High School, not North Oconee, Oconee High School. Cole is right. He's our starter at shortstop. He's our guy at shortstop. We're going to miss Cam Shepard's glove. I and mean, Cam Shepard was as good of a defensive shortstop as there was in all of college baseball for really his entire career, basically since day one. But we know that, that Cam, outside of his freshman year, his freshman year, he hit the ball well. After that, it was kind of all downhill from there, at least at the plate. Defensively, he never missed a beat. He was an, an all-star 
defensively his entire career here in Athens. But I do think that Cole gives us more consistency and a little bit more pop at the plate. Connor Tate will be the regular in right field, at least based off the first weekend. It seems like he's going to be the regular in right field, and that's what I was hearing going into the season as well. At third base, it looks like Garrett Blaylock, who transferred in from Vanderbilt, is going to be in a righty-lefty platoon with redshirt freshman Josh McAllister. I had heard in the preseason that McAllister was getting looks at second base. It looks like it's going to be third base. Again, at least based off what we saw in the first weekend against Evansville, they were platooning based on the starting pitching, whether it was a right-hander on the mound or a left-hander. So Blaylock is a guy last year. I think he has, I, I don't think, I'm, I'm fairly certain he has the most pop in his bat in the lineup. He led the team at home runs last year, but the thing is he also struck out nearly one-third of the time he was at the plate. I think he struck out 19 times in 61 at-bats. That's not great, but that's kind of what baseball has become, even like Major League Baseball, right? It's like, it's all or nothing. It's the home run, the strikeout, right? You're going for the big shot. He only hit 180 last year, so he needs to just improve that approach to the plate. What I saw from him last year, I felt like he took too many pitches. It seemed like he was just waiting for the perfect pitch that he could just drive out there, put it over the fence into the bushes into Kudzu Hill, but he often found himself down in the count, 0-2 counts, 1-2 counts, and that was tough for him to handle. So I think if he just changes that approach a little bit and just becomes less selective and just, you know, goes through there hacking a little bit, that might improve the batting average a little bit and maybe cut down on some of those strikeouts. Just can't get in those, in those 0-2 counts, those holes as consistently as he was last year. But he's got some pop in his bat. First base appears as it's going to be another righty-lefty platoon with Chaney Rogers, who's been a who's been a, a really good player for us. I really like his bat in the lineup, but it looks like he's gonna be platooning with freshman Parks Harbor. Now Parks didn't get a ton of at bats in the in the first series. It seems like I mean the, based on the first series, it looks like Chaney's gonna be the guy at first base, but I'm also hearing that Harbor's gonna get some looks and he'll get plenty of time at first base as well. He's a freshman the coaches are really high on. Second base looks like it's mainly gonna be Buddy Floyd right now. Uh, at catcher, I'm really excited about the catching position right now. I, I don't want to kill the guys that have been playing catcher first the past couple of years. Mason Meadows, Shane Marshall, those are those are really good guys that have worked hard for us, been great leaders. Mason Meadows, I mean, he took that that just horrific shot. He thought that ball off his face. I mean, it basically crushed his orbital bone. Um, had to have like reconstructive surgery there to fix the orbital bone. And he just hasn't been the same since then. He really hasn't been. And I, I mean, who would be? I know I wouldn't be. I'm, I'm not trying to kill the guy at all. But just, just again, being objective here, the past couple years has kind of been an offensive black hole for us from that catcher position. It really has been. But we have two freshmen who are allegedly the real deal, all right? I did not get out to a game over the weekend, so I have not seen these guys yet. No game was on TV. Uh, I guess there was on SEC Network Plus, but I didn't get a chance to pull up. I'm, I'm going to try to watch, get out to a game this weekend. I'm going to try my very best to check these guys out. But two guys that the coaches I know are very high on. There's a lot of buzz around the program with these guys. Fernando Gonzalez out of North Cobb Christian. He went 5 out of 10 in the opening series. Corey Collins is the other guy out of North Gwinnett who's right now looks like he's going to be the primary designated hitter. He went four out of nine, two RBIs in the first series. So combine those two freshman catchers, one's going to play catcher, one's going to play DH. I guess Collins will probably get plenty of time behind the plate as well, but it's like he's going to be our primary DH. Those two guys combined to go nine and 19, two freshmen, nine and 19 
in the first series against Evansville. I think Cons is a guy that could grow into a cleanup hitter. He started out in the five hole, was already moved up, moved up to the three hole by the time the first series was over. So we'll see if he can kind of move Riley King out of that three hole. I, and I think if, if he has a little more, if he proves that a little bit more pop than Riley, I think that works. I would love to see Riley in the three hole and then have a guy with a little more pop in his bat in that cleanup spot. And I think Corey Collins could potentially be that guy. So really excited about both those guys and excited to actually get a chance to lay some eyes on them and see what they are capable of doing. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. And I mean, in general, I am just very, very excited about this 2021 baseball recruiting class. I think it has a chance to be really special, maybe even better than the 2017 class. I had a bunch of big time guys that were major contributors for us. Guys like Aaron Shunk, who's a third baseman slash closer for years, Tucker Bradley, Cam Shepard, Tony Losey, all those kind of guys that really kind of got the Scott Strickland train rolling, got it on track, got us a couple of national seeds in a row. That class was great. This class, I think, can potentially be even better. If some of these pitchers really turn out to be as good as I think they can be, guys like Jaden Wood, uh, guys like Liam Sullivan, Luke Wagner, Will Pearson, Hank Beard, if those guys can be as good as I think they can be, and you got some position players like Parks Harbor at first base, Corey Collins, Fernando Gonzalez, those kind of guys that with some pop in their bat, man, like I, I think this freshman class can end up being really, really good. It might be a class that can eventually get us back to Omaha. I'm not overly confident that's going to happen this year. I'm not sure that I believe this is a College World Series caliber team like I believe last year's team was, but that doesn't mean I'm down this program. I think this program is 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 in as good a shape as it has been in a while. Going back to the mid-2000s, I think what? It was 2004 through 2008, we made three College World Series appearances. I think it was 2004, 2006, and 2008. I think the program, the shape it's in right now, we are in as good a shape as a baseball program as we have been since then. It's been a while, guys. It's been a while. I really like what we're doing in, in recruiting. It took it took Coach Trick a little while to get things rolling, to get the recruits in here. But after the success we've been able to have on the diamond over the last two and a half years, programs around the state, all these East Cobb programs, the travel ball guys, a lot of the top players in the state that were leaving the state for a while, they're starting to stand up and take notice of what we're doing here in Athens. And it's showing because we have put together, I mean, this 2021 recruiting class, I think is going to be awesome. So it might not be this year that we make it back to the College World Series, but I think it's coming. This might be a sort of a transition year where we make the NCAA tournament, but we don't have a particularly stellar year where we are a national seed. But I do think it's just a matter of time until we make it back to Omaha. I'm, I'm really excited with what's going on here in Athens with this Georgia baseball program. But all right, guys, that does it for me here today on the Glory UGA podcast. I know a lot of you are big baseball fans, especially if you grew up here in the state of Georgia. I'm sure a lot of you are big Braves fans like I was growing up. I, I will admit that I, I don't say I've fallen out of love with baseball, but my, my interest in baseball has waned over the years since I stopped playing back in high school. 
Baseball just doesn't captivate me like the other sports do, like football, basketball, tennis, things like that. Yes, I know you guys are saying tennis more over baseball. Yeah, for me, I do think it's more exciting. I think college tennis is fantastic. I, I, I'm telling you guys, if you haven't been out, get out to a college tennis match. But back to baseball. Baseball just doesn't captivate me like other sports do. Like, for example, if there is a random Wednesday night baseball game on, and let's say it's the Milwaukee Brewers versus the Chicago Cubs. I have absolutely zero interest in watching that game. It does not hold my interest for a second. It does nothing for me. It's boring. It's slow. I do not care. But when it's a team I care about, all of a sudden, I do like baseball a lot more. And obviously, I care about the Georgia Bulldogs. So I am into Georgia baseball. I watch it and keep up with it very, very closely. And I know a lot of you guys are much more into baseball than I am. Just because it's not my favorite sport, it's not, it's not the top of my list, doesn't mean that you guys don't love it. I know a lot of you that grew up in Georgia, again, are big Braves fans, you love baseball, and we want to make sure we give you guys the content that you're looking for. So we will definitely be covering Georgia baseball throughout the rest of the season. For those of you who do follow it very closely, feel free to send us any questions that you have at any time about the baseball program, about the season, what's going on. Hit us up. You can hit us up on Twitter at glory underscore UGA. You can DM us. You can just tweet the questions to us, whatever. If you prefer email, you can email us at gloryugapodcast at gmail.com. And we will definitely get to all your baseball questions throughout the season as well. So thanks for listening, guys. I really do appreciate it. Had some fun talking baseball. Again, it's been over a year, so it's good to give a little bit of love to the Diamond Dogs. They'll be back in action this weekend with another four-game series against Gardner-Webb. So if you get a chance, come on out, check them out. I know that like they're not selling single-game tickets right now. It's just for season ticket holders. You can get them on StubHub, but they're pretty pricey right now. But if you are interested in taking the family out to a baseball game, check StubHub. You can find them there. You can also take the family out to a tennis match. It's totally free. Just saying, put that out there. But I hope the Diamond Dogs have another great year. I hope those of you who love Georgia baseball, who love baseball in general, get a chance to make it out to a couple games this year. But thanks for listening. I'm Tyler, and as always... Go dog.